Hello, hello, and welcome to Hospitality and the Infinite Game, a podcast series focused on answering one simple question. What type of hospitality industry do we actually want to create? In these episodes, Michael and David discuss big ideas that might set the foundation for a different model of success. A model which would allow us to piece together a bold new way forward, where our businesses can thrive whilst making a positive impact on people, communities and the planet. We make no claims to have all the answers, far from it in fact, but we hope these conversations might just get you thinking. We are learning and hopefully you'll learn with us. So join us. The game is afoot and it's an infinite one. Hey Michael, how are you doing? You winning at life today? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like, but like the rest of the industry we are part of, there's a bit of a limbo, isn't it? We, we f- you feel a bit in limbo. Uh, I think I've been in a, I'm in different moods hour for hour of what's happening. And I think that's not m- much far from, you know, anyone else out there in our industry that is in, in the second lockdown. Um, but there's, there's hope, you know, that the world is getting a better place. We have a vaccine. And as I said, said many times before, as long as you have coffee and great people around you, you're winning a life, aren't you? Because that's what it's all about. Let's go with that. Let's go with that as the intro to the to this episode. Um, so today, uh, we're at episode five in the series, so hopefully a little bit different today. The last four, we've dealt with, I guess in order, the infinite game, the idea of long-term thinking and infinite mindedness, and then we dipped into the rather large subject of donut economics and trying to dig into an economic theory that would give us a different way of different framework for operating within Uh, and then we moved on to circular economy another really massive set of ideas to look at how we can uh, um, use our natural resources better avoid pollution uh, regenerate natural systems again looking at um, some some big concepts and how they may boil down to, to be something we can act upon and then last time it was no planet B. So really digging into the, the facts, the data um, around uh, climate change and sustainability um, and just again looking what that might mean and how we can react as good citizens to that. But today we are going to look at um, something called B Corps, which is probably a term that people have been familiar with to a greater or lesser extent. extent. I heard about it over the last couple of years and it was kind of on the periphery of my knowledge for a while and then a few people I knew spoke about it in more detail and I I kind of got drawn into looking at it and I guess it offers a slightly more pragmatic real world um, way of assessing is your company built in the the right way, in an inverted commas good way um, to to build a better future. So it's going to be really interesting to dig into this and I know you've been having a look so tell me. So, yeah, there's an interesting thing with uh, the B Corp thing where uh, I think it's similar like you, I I think it was part of uh, was some kind of event where there was this company that was in there, where they were selling, I think it's Toast is called, the, the beer company. Oh, Toast Ale. Yeah, Toast Ale. And they were talking about how they used uh, waste bread to, to, to produce this. And then they talked about they were... Now very proud that they were in the process of certifying for a B Corp, and then they talked a bit about what a B Corp is, and that was my first touch point as well. But what I really like about what we're going to talk about today, because what we talked about up to now, even in my world, 
even though I like to read about complex books and stuff like that, and I understand sometimes, you know, that you can't make that actionable. You can't implement things. And I'm all about how do you get the wheels on so you can start doing something. As an old McDonald's person, I like to make a roadmap and a plan for how we take, you know, a vision and bring it to life. And maybe it's also my need as an integrator in this world. I want to make, make the change. I don't just want to talk about it. I want to make it. Uh, when I, I started looking into B Corp a couple of years ago, I was like, well, there's actually a framework here and a standard for how you actually can start making the world a better place because B Corps is this certification of company that sets a higher standard when it comes to the things we're talking about, social inequality, environmental issues, still making profit, but using that profit to, to actually do good. And it's also about being public transparent in the world we live in, that actually you are in the good of the public. You're not stealing data to do something bad with the public or you're pouring chemicals into to, to rivers and the sea and so on. And and again, they, it's a lot about, they, they don't talk about we all have to become, it's not about not making profit, it's about how you get to the profit and how you use mm -hmm. that profit to leave uh, a better planet, communities and, and people there. And the, the interesting thing is that now about 3,500 companies across the globe that are certified to this, um, more than 70 countries. So it's definitely scaling up rapidly. And I think it's also uh, a wish for, you know, I see there's a lot of smaller entrepreneurial businesses that take that. And a lot of the new brands, especially in food that comes in, like Toast Ale, would be looking to do this as part of their journey. And I've touched it upon a bit myself uh, around the Bear Kitchen. You've done it as well in, in your business, David. Yep. We're going to come back to that in a second. Um, but, you know, they what they are saying, the principle of this is that the problems we have in society, We I think we talked about the 17 UN goals of the need to be solved in the world in, in another episode. They're actually saying that nonprofits and governments can't do this on their own. They need help from from the business world and entrepreneurs has to be part of, of the solution. I think already they are. There's a lot of great companies. An example of that and my favorite one I like to talk about is Patagonia. And uh, Patagonia has not, they are an example of what the B Corp structure is. So actually if you want to learn and operate like you know Patagonia, it's a very good thing to actually be start the B Corp certification process because actually they have probably learned a lot by looking at what Patagonia is, the, the closing company. And then again, they they are all about this. They are about this for decades. This is not a fact. There's something they were founded on the idea that we need, whatever we do, we need to have a positive impact on people, communities and planet. But coming back to B Corps again, um, they are also, uh, they're trying to, within that, network it's a group of like-minded people that's all about what we've been talking about to the pla uh, on the podcast up to now and they're actually building this infrastructure for people actually to bounce back ideas and make it happen because a lot of what we had talked about the other episodes can be a lot of wishy-washy to be totally true and very difficult but we thought it was important that we started up in the helicopter and then we built down to where b corps is a is a way of working towards actually implementing some of these things into your business and the b corp process actually is, is not 
a lot of people uh, when I talk with them say, "Oh, it'd be really good from a marketing point of view become a B Corp company." Well, I said to them, "Well, what's really valuable is this journey you go on because the growth journey here, both understanding yourself and actually understanding even if you thought because." When uh, we we looked at it before the pandemic, and this has been delayed a bit for pandemic because we've gone into survival mode in, in the bare kitchen. But we looked at it as to say, okay, this can actually help us building a better organization that actually can do sustainable growth. Because again, I think starting at, at reflecting and answering these difficult questions as part of this certification process to hit that magic mark. I think it's 80 or 82 you need to hit yeah. to be certified uh, on the score on zero to 100. Uh, it's quite difficult. Um, it's, yeah, that's we I mean, we found it as well. And I think we could we could probably talk a little bit about the specifics of yeah. each of our experiences because that would probably be quite helpful. But it's definitely worth noting that uh, it is not easy. Um, and it's not a, a, a kind of quick win marketing exercise to be to be signed up to um if you want to have a look if anyone wants to have a look and really see how they would fare and what their current policies and company make up how that would score on the system if you like then um if you go on the b corp website there's a there's a free assessment isn't there which yeah. is like one to three hours it's like a score app yeah, yeah and you go through um and and that will be the, the best place for anyone to start and it will cover everything from you know how in how engaged your employees are in decision making or policy to gender equality to uh, the impact your work has or and avoiding negative environmental effects. so it covers a huge 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 range um, of, of aspects um how, how did you get on when you were looking at the the assessment where did you where did you come on your first hit without changing anything it's, it's quite it's quite a you know as um as one of the founder of that business, we 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 build it on all the intent we yeah. talked about now. But then you suddenly come from intent to practicality yeah. and actually proving you're doing it because you know when you source your things right, you do seasonal. We talked about that last episode. You're doing something right, but you really don't understand. Coming back to Mike's f uh, idea around no plan B is that how do you actually measure it? And that was our biggest blogger in that was that we have all the right intent and mm. we want to do the right thing, but how do we actually get into a day-to-day -day routine where we actually can measure that we're actually doing that every day because it's about the 1% you do every day, mm. not about just claiming you want to do exactly how do you measure it. Yeah. Um, and that took us on, that was that's one of the biggest blogger was actually how can we in the operation, in a food operation, on a day-to-day -day level, prove that we are acting like a B Corp in any kind of way because it's so fast moving. So how do we change your operational processes? How do you look at where you actually your kitchen is? Mm. Then you find out actually that building we're in and we have leased a kitchen there, that's not very sustainable because yeah. it's leaking, there's issues with water, there's yeah, many, many issues around that kitchen that actually not helping us becoming a B Corp because we can't deliver the results we want because thereby we use too much energy in the kitchen compared to the amount we're producing. Um, and then I thought also that we found out it was that again, uh, it's not just about being purpose-driven, it's actually the, it's a mind shift, totally taking your operation model and actually looking at it and changing from the inside out. And we found out that we, we probably had quite a journey before we were there yet mm -hmm. to, to, to get there, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't go on the journey. But actually we thought a bit like, oh, it'll be a three months project. Yeah. And then we'll be uh, on because we have all the right intent. They will 
Well, then we found out it's not an award show. <laughs> it's changing your business thinking fundamentally. And at that point, we were already two years into how we run the business. Mm. So you actually go back to that and you peel the onion, the layers of the onion again, and start to rethink everything, yeah. how you do, or try to connect it together. And I think that, you know, in itself, that's a massive healthy process. It's um, challenging, though. It's challenging. It's, it's chal- it really is challenging. And we kind of found a, a similar thing um, in that we we did the initial assessment. Whether I say we, Brenda, my business partner, did did all the heavy lifting on that. Um, and as you say, we, you need to score eighty to achieve certification. And on a first run through of looking at our policies and the way we do things, we scored thirty nine out mm. of eighty. And it was like, oh, that's uh, that's remarkably low. Um, you know, now when you look at it, you, there are there are aspects when you go through all of the points where you might say there are some easy wins. For example, if you haven't got a policy down in writing and shared it with your employees, then that doesn't count as ticking that off. So, but by looking at that, we felt we could probably get to about sixty, um, sixty points based on our current um, the current way we work. Um, there are things that. that you know, we're a small company of five people. So there are things that are always going to be a challenge for us. And I think everyone will have their own ones. But for us, for example, there are, you get a points, you get points for, um, if your board of directors is made up, not just of men. Well, there's two, there's two directors in the company and we're both men. So we're already going to lose points for that, but that's not something that's simple or easy or short term to change. Um, so there are always going to be those kind of challenges. Our other challenge actually is a, is a very specific one to architecture because as soon as we put ourselves in as architects, there's a block of 10 questions that specifically relate to how many projects we have done in the last couple of years that, that relate to this lead assessment system, which is an international sustainability assessment system similar to, to BRIAM or SCAR, but not one that we particularly engage with because we think that SCAR is better for fit-out and restaurants and that's the journey that we're on. So we've got a bit of a technical challenge around um, how we fit within that um, based on the fact that our sustainability journey is is different <laughs> to the way that it's been set out in, in that. So I think that's, that's, that's really interesting. I was wondering if you came up, with any, came up against anything similar where the the framework didn't quite fit against where you were going or did you just feel that you they were all valid questions and they would just be naturally a case of it being molded over time to to get to those those principles i think when we looked at it actually early in the year i can't remember actually there was any i think i think there's one in catering now i can't remember it's canada or France or something, you know, so we are catering business. So there was no one we actually could mirror us in, mm. which we found a bit difficult. Um, and I think one of the challenges we, one of the things we looked at, and I, I can't remember our score, you said you can remember your score. I, I think we, we were around the, you know, 30 something as well. It was like very far off, and that was thing, it was a bit like a blow, we yeah. thought. Well, this yeah, is I'm a good person. Why? Why am I not scoring? Yeah, we want to do the right thing here. Look at us. We we're, we're changing the way people eat. Um, no, the, one of the things was how what happens when we serve so we serve food in offices. So what happens when we leave that room with the food, and how mm. can we measure that impact? Because it was about we had to prove the journey of our food from almost from from the uh, from 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 the the, the, the from uh, the earth to the, the table mm. and what happens with it when we leave that room because there will be leftovers sometimes yeah how do you put a system in place that you make sure that your customers are doing the right thing and again, again technology can help but as a startup you only have the resources you have exactly so again it comes again 
back to operational complexity of delivering food. Um, but does that then give you, I mean, it feels like both of us have got challenges technically around kind of hitting those criteria, but is that kind of motivation to set the roadmap of the company to meet those? Because actually you think, hey, that's shown me something really important I hadn't really picked up on. That's a valid question. How do we measure that impact? Or do you feel that that's a sort of distraction from the core purpose or you can make more impacts by focusing your energy elsewhere i guess that's where it becomes really interesting right is is how you make those decisions the people that knows me and i had half me as an uh, an ops director back in the days know that i'm absolutely obsessed about food waste because i think it's uh, in a world with hunger we can't throw out a lot of food and uh, there's probably people that can remember when i filled up the back room with food waste poured it out on the floor and made people look at that and asked them how many people do you think we can feed with that just because of sloppiness in preparation. I think what it came into me when we got into the, the that conversation, I thought, wow, what kind of impression are we actually, do we actually know what they throw out? Do they maybe over order because they don't want to run out? Have we actually helped them projecting what they need to order because maybe they think there's 80 people in the office but there's only 60 on a Wednesday. So actually that's how we went back on that and said actually just from a value point of view as a good uh, supplier we should be able to help them predict much better. So again uh, that's where we went back and said okay we need to start mapping out so we what was difficult to do, but I think we've got some of them on board with it. Can you tell us every time, take a picture of what's left and tell of how many people did eat today? And they, of course, they didn't have exact numbers, but that, again, we started adjusting. Actually, we started mm. selling maybe five portion less, 10 portion left to some customer. And you think that's bad business. Yeah, in the short term, that, that you think that's not your problem, but it is because it's not about becoming a B Corp. It's about, again, if you set the business out to making impact and creating a better world, that's where you need to start making those small changes. So I think... It's also the signal you're giving to your customers. You're yeah. saving them money. Yeah. In a w- so it's there's a level of integrity and respect that you're going to be demonstrating or you're going to re- demonstrate the integrity yeah. to get the respect because if you're clearly doing something that is not in your self-interest, then... You know, any any customer is going to think, okay, I, I can trust these people. They, these are these are good people, and I want to support that. Yeah. Um, you know, provided the the, f- the food is also good and yeah. delivered well, and your customer service is excellent, and and all of the other stuff. So, um, but that's that's really interesting to hear how that's that's actually had a a kind of the questions come back to, to how you affect your journey. It's similar for us, although as I say, the the main challenge around the architectural metrics is a slightly bigger <laughs> a bigger question for us that we're going to pick up with. Um, with B Corp and just see if there's any flexibility in that because it seems too too specific and restrictive. Um, I'd almost rather not call us an architect um, to, to avoid having to, to deal with that because it, it kind of goes completely against the direction we think sustainability needs to go in terms of circular economy and, uh, and things like that. But um, yeah, it's almost the way we're sort of talking about it here and the, and the challenges we've got, I'm reminded a bit of the way people talk about democracy you know it's a kind of terrible way to to run society but it's also the best one we've got <laughs> i wonder if if b corp is just a a much better clearer um standard for running businesses but almost inevitably is going to be imperfect and is going to have problems and challenges uh, what do you think 
I think you're absolutely right again because um, what you're committing to there as well is as a yeah, small business where you know you can think about big businesses they have resources to audit things because it's also the the B Corp as we saw it is also not just getting over the the line it's a continuous improvement process so how do you actually continue to improve yourself within that because the the, the requirements I guess for B Corps will only go up well I understand from um talking to a kind of a b corp leader one of the things with b corps is you're you're recertified every three years and you're expected in three years later you have to score better than you did on the first one otherwise you won't get the b corp certification which is you know to to, to build in that requirement for constant improvement is you know pretty demanding um and, and it kind of forces people to not be able to just go right okay good we've got the certification let's kick back and stick the you know, the logo on our website and uh, bandy it about a bit and then and then crack on um it is a it is a proper commitment isn't it yeah i think i think and one of the other things we got out of it is that do we actually know our you know uh, so we thought we we done our homework on our suppliers but had we actually been out in the corners of those actually you know one of the things it did and we we should do that anyway from a, a content point of view we actually went out at that part and said okay can we go and visit these suppliers and actually see day-to-day action and we, we went to the Foss Meadows chicken farm mm. went to hot Dots and see how they did things and actually that you know it, it forced us actually because we want to go on that journey to build better relationship with our suppliers and again again a, a positive outcome of, of a process and we, we haven't finished it and we haven't become certified but we'll definitely pick it up again because again it's the best framework I have seen that actually gives also gives you as the leader an opportunity to communicate clearly to the organization what is it that we need to do to become impactful and thereby your if you want to be purpose and impactful as a business something that gives meaning coming back to what we talked about last episode you need to create an environment that give people meaning to work in yeah. something becomes very measurable we can see we are are we winning or are we losing the game because somebody had built up a point system yeah. which i think uh, of course it's very complex if it was easy to do everybody would become beacop tomorrow and bit like the fair trade kind of thing then well you know. yeah i know you you mentioned that when we were talking around this episode um you had a concern or there's a nagging concern in your head that b corp because it's growing in um the mainstream people are coming across it more that it's going to become its importance and its rigor will get diluted over time yeah. and obviously you know jamie oliver recently is one of the, the the kind of biggest names who's uh, managed to get certification and as you said it's for his media company rather than for any of the the restaurants mm. um which is great for the profile of 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 b corps and as we know how rigorous that is i'm sure they've had to go through all that process <laughs> as thoroughly as everyone else but is that your concern that, that it gets that it gets diluted as the church gets broader i suppose you know like um people have similar concerns with uh, the sra in some ways that you know, when you get people like you know, the mass restaurants, um, let's say Pizza Hut or something like, something like joining, uh, that because you want to affect larger change, you have to engage with the the people in the mainstream who perhaps yeah. haven't got the same level of um, commitment to the to the same to the same values. Um, is that something you see as a as a concern, or do you think that's just a natural journey of? any organization is <laughs> a natural journey of uh, you know the world isn't it like it's a bit like politics isn't it that you don't you don't like all parties or else you know 
why would you uh why would countries then have different governments you know and different viewpoints i think it's very important when it comes to this that this can't be done by a group of outliers sometimes also called we can't you know it can't be the hippies that only can do that we need the big boys taking part of this then we just need to make sure that if it becomes more and more mainstream as you call it there's a vigorous audit process in place because i think you know any company that has audit places things like i come from a mcdonald's background we all about audit so you need to meet certain standards to keep your example your franchise uh, and I think, you know, as sometimes when it goes too fast and things, sometimes the rules are bended a bit because you just want the numbers to go up. And it's a bit like the growth thing we talked about in, in, in the first yeah. episode, uh, Infinite Game. Um, so I think I think that's just that that's my worry with everything. And, and I think, you know, as long as it, it, it evolves in a in a in a. In a in a what do you call it i wouldn't call it a slow way but as long as it evolves in the right way and it's protected the mm. core of the idea because the idea is beautiful so if that if that could be the way forward this could maybe be one of the solutions and they are so ahead on there they know much more about all these things that we would have done on these Definitely. episodes and they put it into structure mm. so i think this is a great starting point but i'm i'm nervous about that you know, it could be diluted if you're you're not careful. Uh, and it's not because I'm not being certified and I feel it's unfair or anything, but I'm always nervous about that when oh, things I mean, become I'm mainstream. Like fair, fair trade, I don't put much... Uh, I don't think it tells me anything anymore as a consumer. It's just another sticker. Hmm. No, I think you're right. I mean, in a way, coming back to the, the assessment criteria, I mean, I personally, I was kind of reassured that it was so hard <laughs> um i, I you know i, I no. personally was 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 kind of perversely quite glad that it was not going to be an easy thing for us to 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 get through and there's things we need to put in place and adjust and you know i think as you say it's it's about the journey isn't it and i think i would definitely suggest that anyone who is interested or 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 thinks that there is something intriguing about about looking at how the business can work in a different way or setting up businesses in a different way then they should go go check out the website take the assessment or if they're looking to start a company yeah have a look from the, the first instance of what they need to do um to, to set up in in the right way um, i think you you touched on it already but there is there are no hospitality businesses in the uk who are they're definitely not restaurant businesses right. let me phrased it that way so, so when i looked into it I, I also there was no catering business and i think it's the in some of the challenges i talked about even if you have a l very small operation how do we actually get because we have so many moving parts but i think and coming back to what we talked on the last episode we talked about ai and technology will help you know all these you know unmeasurable things we have in our environment food and people that moves around and very lively environment also one of our biggest cost burdens is food and uh, people cost as we get better with technology to use technology and put the uh, i'm not saying technology should take over hospitality but it should probably be in the center of the way you organize yourself as a, an organization and a business and actually be used to actually create you know a business that not only make profit but also can make impact because you have the headspace the problem with you know trying to to save the world sometimes is that you don't have the headspace mm. and that comes from that you are running after this this beast that's called profit 
But again, that's again why maybe this can be help you redesign your business and think differently yeah. about how you're getting. But there's a couple of companies to, to mention. Uh, there's also a present here in the UK. Uh, I think they call Cogene, the uh, the French uh, the French version of uh, Pret. I don't know if they insult any anyone saying that, but they are like a grab and go. I think there's one in around down in the, the center of the city with Thameslink Station. I think there's one. Uh, in London, and then there's Big Mamas. So we've heard about them going into the market very aggressively. They were very pro before the pandemic. I think they're still doing a lot of stuff uh, around the London. And then there's a Danish restaurant chain that's called Let Sushi, which is also certified. Uh, I know them from Denmark. They're about 14 restaurants again, um, and they are very focused on um, uh, well, where they get their fish from. Again, that's very big part of when you go and look at theirs. Again, it's uh, not doing overfishing and things like that so there's there's people okay. that has been with success has signed up to this but not in the in the so uk also worth people checking those out um yeah. just to see what they're doing and how they talk about themselves and probably to get some pointers as well would definitely worth checking out those guys and i think there's a lot of restaurants without thinking about it because they, we have to remember there's more than just energy and food in this there's also how do you how do you create a great work environment for your people and there's a lot of operators out there that has great oh, yeah great working environment doing great above things you know paying uh, above the minimum wage and, and so on you know have to take have great policies in the end uh, for diversity and inclusion and stuff like that so th you will win on some areas and some areas we will have a, a massive improvement work so i think thinking about it's not just because we had talked a lot about on food and operation there's the work environment there's also social impact as people as taking people from the street and yep. into restaurants and giving them job and livelihoods. That's again, your know, social impact is also very important to remember. So it's important not to be scared about this, that you think it's all about so sustainable food and how you're sourcing and all. It's actually a much more complex picture than that. No, I think you're right. And I think it's, um, maybe we should have even mention it right at the top of the episode, but it's important if people have heard B Corp and not really thought about it, it was probably an idea I had my, in my head too, is that this isn't about being a not-for-profit yeah. This is this is about a business, but a better business, effectively, yeah. and that's why that framework is worth looking at, and actually probably segues us nicely into the next episode, which is dealing with the beast, as you mentioned it, profit. How do we square profit and purpose, and what even is purpose? Yeah, because um, you know, profit, no matter what, uh, even a person like me, I understand the profit trumps everything. But in my world, is how you get to profit and how you intend to use that profit mm. afterward. It's okay. a bit like how you use a tool because profit is just a tool in my world. Definitely. Okay, so next time, Profit and Purpose. So that's the end for today. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that it sparked off an idea or two for you. We'll make sure to include any links and references in the show notes. But if you'd like to start a conversation, you can email michael at hospitalitymavericks.com or david at objectspaceplace.com. You can also find them roaming around on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect. Finally, if you're enjoying this series, please consider letting the world know by honouring us with a five-star rating or even giving us a review. Okay, goodbye for now. Catch you next time for more discussions on hospitality and the infinite game.